0: is good good people you are now listening to another episode of since we last spoke with danny foxworth i am a humble narrator danny foxworth and this episode is part two of my childhood story series i got i'll do four four uh four stories for y'all and i'm gonna start with the first one it was the first day of school and getting ragged for my outfit so you know how like most students the night before your first day of school you know, you got your outfit laid out on the bed, and you're like, man, you're just walking around the bed looking at it, and you go do something else, and you come back, and you just look at the outfit, it laying draped out on the bed again, thinking, man, you're just doing the Birdman hand rub, like, yeah, I'm gonna a, I'm stun on him when I show up to school tomorrow, so this was 94, I was a f- incoming freshman at Berkeley High School, and you no, know, during the summer, I was helping my, my granddaddy, you know, help him clean up at his church. And then I was also had a summer job at the summer feed the, it was a summer feeding program at it was a Tri-County area thing. And I was just stacking up my bread for that whole summer, you know, getting my school outfits together. So. I had started from the top outfit, from the top to bottom, I had a Kangol hat. I had a bum equipment T-shirt. I had the flannel vest. I had duck head shorts, and I had some. I had a pair of high tech boots. Now I'm thinking I'm going to stunt on these fools. So next day at school, you no, know, I see all my friends that I hadn't seen for a whole summer. We dapping each other up. We checking each other's outfits out and stuff. I'm like, all right, all right. I see what you're doing. I, I mean these. Cats were cats were stunting, man. I mean, they had their outfits crispy, nice jerseys. You know, having having the, the King Griffies and the and the Diamond Turfs, the Deion Sanders shoes. I'm like, man, yeah, your outfit you killing them with the outfit. And I started noticing throughout the day. I wasn't getting a whole lot of compliments on my outfits, and I started feeling away. And so, fast forward to the last the last uh, period of the day, which was gym class. So everybody else has changed into their gym clothes and they're out on the basketball court. I'm the last person to walk into the locker room. It was me and God rest his soul. Antonio Simmons was sitting at the locker room right across from me. So he's finishing putting on his outfit and I'm walking in like, yo, Antonio, what up? And I'm trying to get his attention. So he looks up and I'm just like, just giving him a look like, I know, you know, I know, you know, my outfit is fire. And man, he looked up, he sized up my outfit, again, backwards Kango hat, flannel shirt, your know, flannel vest, bum equipment shirt, duck head shorts, and high-tech boots. And he scanned my outfit, and he just smirked. He said, nigga, you look like Aaron Neville with that shit on. Buddy, I was hot. And he just got up and laughed and went out to the basketball courts. So I'm in the, I'm in the locker room by myself and I am seething. I mean like tea kettle hot. And once I switch into my, actually, no, I went to the bathroom before I changed clothes. And I looked at my outfit in the mirror while I'm at the sink after I got through washing my hands and I just shook my head. It was like the Alonzo morning meme, like shook my head and then had the realization, you know what? He was absolutely right. I was mad, but I, The man was dead right about my outfit. I did look like Aaron Neville, and I never wore that outfit ever again. Man, I miss that dude. But, yeah, I, it's good to have checks and balances. So, uh, second story. I uh, entered a dance contest back in the, it's was like back in oh uh, two oh three. There used to be a, a basketball team. In my neck of the woods, called the Charleston Low Gators, and I used to go to all of their games. We used to sit behind the visitors' bench. But this one night, I went on. The, it was a Saturday night, and it was seventies night. So I'm sitting there. I'm watching the game, enjoying myself. And midway through the second quarter, somebody from the Low Gators approaches me while I'm on the concourse making my snack run. And she's like, "Would you want to enter a dance contest?" I'm like. Sure, why not? So she was like, just fill out this paperwork, and then after this next time out, we'll go out on the court. It'll be you and two other people. I'm like, all right, cool. So time out, time out comes. We all, the three contestants, we all go out on the, on the center court. And the objective is do a 70s, it's a 70s-themed dance contest. So each contestant, would have like 20 seconds to do their dance and then after the three contestants do their dances then the crowd determines the winner so unfortunately for me I was the third contestant and being an 80s baby I don't know I don't my my scope in terms my repertoire of 70 dances is very limited all I knew if you was the diagonal you know repeat the Point to the sky, back to the ground. Point to the sky, back in, to the ground with your hand in a diagonal form. You know, for those who who aren't watching on video. And then the other, the only other seventies dance I knew besides that was the bump. So contestant number one, they're throwing Casey in the Sunshine Band. That's the way, uh huh, uh huh. And he's doing the hand, he's doing the uh, arm point. I was like, man, all right. Second contestant better not do the bump, or I'm in trouble. Second contestant, they play Disco Inferno. She's doing the bump with one of the cheerleaders. I'm like, you got to be joking me. What the hell am I do now? So then there's, you know, Barbecue and Mildew. Next contestant, Danny Foxworth. They, th- <laughs> they throw on September by Earth, Wind and & Fire. And I started bankhead bouncing and doing the Roger Rabbit. Cause I, that's all I had. Did that for, that was the longest damn 20 seconds of my life. I'm sitting there, I'm sweating while I'm dancing. So 20 minutes, 20 seconds are up for each contestant. And then MC is like, so who's our winner? Is it contestant number one? Is it contestant number two? Is it is a contestant number three, and they booed the shit out of me. Oh boy, I, you know, in hindsight, that was I probably should have never signed up for that because I should have known it was going to be a seventies theme dance contest, being that it was seventies night. But huh, I took a risk, and this like two straight stories where I took a risk, and it just backfired. But you know what? Sometimes it's good to find the fun in failure. But bright side of it was, even though I lost the contest, I got to sit courtside for the remainder of the game. So even when I lost, I still won. So water under the bridge. Third story, the worst Christmas present I ever received in my entire life. So if you knew me back in the mid to late 90s, you know that I was a extre- I was an extremely diehard fan of the Seattle Supersonics. And so, this particular year, I want to say it might have been 99 or it was maybe 2000. Sonics were going to start wearing new uniforms. So, the uniforms that they were wearing that were getting marked down half off, they were the uniforms that they wore during the 96 finals run. And they were the authentic joints, the authentic customized joints from the NBA League uh, apparel website. So. I told my mom about it. She was like, Yeah, I'll get, go ahead. Just uh, place the order and it's your early Christmas present. I was like, Yes, thank you. So I ordered a Sonics jersey, size extra large, have Foxworth on the back, number 77. I mean, it was official tissue. It was all embroidered and everything. now I'm like, Hit send. No, mom gave me her credit card. I hit send. And I'm like, Thank you. She was like, Merry Christmas. So, About four weeks later, I get an email saying that my uniform had shipped and oh man, I was like, let's go, let's go. So then fast forward to four weeks later, package shows up on, on the uh, front porch, my, or on the front porch. So then I'm like, yes, have my name on it." it. Said the address on the sticker said NBA store. I run straight to my room. So I get in my room, take a knife, cut the box open, tear all the paper out of it, lift the jersey up, and it is a size large, Cleveland Cavaliers, Trajan Langdon jersey, with a note attached that said, Merry Christmas, love Grandma and Grandpa. I was hot as hell. Number one. I don't, i never refer to my grandparents as grandma and grandpa. Ugh, oh boy. Just the fact that s- somebody out there has my Jersey and you know, that's just, it just got lost in the sauce. I'll never see that Jersey ever again. And knowing that somebody out there has it is just in the back of my mind, It still messes with me. And so I took, I took the uh, Trajan Langdon Jersey shipped it back to the nba store luckily they were they were kind enough to refund my money but still i'm out of a jersey and i'm never going to see it again and the final story i made a post or well, i posted a picture on my ig of me holding a bottle of Manischewitz, and i was at my grandmother's house and there was an old bottle of hers and i was like you know what I'll retell the story. So this is the first time that I got drunk ever in life. So I was like 11 to 12 years old, and I was in the Boy Scouts at the time. And while we would always have our scout meetings at this church called the Episcopal Church of the Holy Family in Monks Corner, South Carolina. Shout out Troop 744. And once a year, we would spend a weekend and camp out at the church grounds. So this so we would set up our tents on Friday, camp out Friday, camp out Saturday, and then Sunday we would pack all our stuff up, and then we would attend the church service at the Episcopal Church of the Holy Family. So that Saturday night, this might have been maybe twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning. So me and my tent mate Josh, we uh, sneak, we unzip our tents, and we sneak off. And we run behind the church and we noticed that the back door for the church kitchen was still open. So we snuck into the church kitchen and we're just opening all the cabinets and we're just rummaging through everything. And I noticed this big bottle of Manischewitz that I know my mom used to keep a bottle of Manischewitz. I I don't think. Excuse me. She gave me like a, a tiny, tiny, tiny sip of it back when I was a little kid. But as soon as I saw that bottle, I was—I knew exactly what it tasted like, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to try some more of this." You know, just being a, just being a mischievous kid, and so we found that, and then the next drawer, the next cabinet over was a big ass bottle of communion or a big ass uh, container of communion wafers. So I'm like, "Hey, Josh, and we can do this just like we do at my church." Oh, and this is real wine, and let's. Let's drink this up! Oh, everybody, sleep. So we unscrewed a bottle of manischewitz, and he and I pretty much drank the entire bottle of manischewitz. Like I drank half, and he drank half, and then we started tearing up all the communion wafers. And next thing you know, about an hour later, we are literally wobbling back to our tents. I don't know how in the world. Everybody else stayed sleeping through our commotion in terms of getting back to the tent. But man, we crashed. Now we woke up the next morning and I had the worst headache known to man. It was a struggle trying to put my tent and just trying to take my tent down. Which was worse was the fact that the the bad thing was. Like I said, once we took our tents down and put our, rolled our sleeping bags up, we still have to attend this church service, and we're sitting in like the front, the first, like the the two front pews, and that whole church service, my head is just throbbing. I'm so hungover. Eleven years old, and I know them church ladies sitting next to me. I know they could smell that man of shepherds on me, and. Subsequently, that following week, I quit the Boy Scouts because I was just I didn't want to explain myself. And I figured this was my this was my escape pod. So I was like, yeah, I told Dad, Yeah, I don't want to be a Boy Scouts no more. I'm gonna go over here. I want to talk to these girls. Not un unbeknownst to him that he didn't know that the reason the real reason why I quit is because I didn't want to have to do any explaining as to why the bottle of Mandachevis just suddenly became empty. And it was my doing. But yeah, looking back on that, boy, I tell you, it's a wonder that things didn't turn out worse than what they were because, good God, I did some dumb shit as a kid. (laughs) Oh, man, but that was my childhood stories episode part two. Thank you for listening. Uh, Make sure you like, download, and subscribe to Since We Last Spoke. Thank you again, and I will talk to you all next time. Y'all be good.